And we are live. Ladies and gentlemen and fellow cultists, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Podcast, where we do mediocre research and give our unwanted opinion about a topic that you don't care about. Emphasis on mediocre. This week, yeah. <laughs> Some of us don't do research at all. <laughs> CJ. <laughs> who me <laughs> so just two words um, for the episode yeah <laughs> uh as you might be able to tell by our little intro there we're going to keep hitting on the topic of um cults uh this week we're going to do heaven's gate uh some of that may be a little more familiar familiar with some people because it was actually pretty recent um i say pretty recent i guess it was 23 years ago 20 almost 24 years ago wow doesn't seem like it um yeah it was may in may of 1997 so i would have been like a month old whenever this occurred really yep well pretty recent compared to the other march of 1997 so never mind i wasn't even born yet oh god Yes. So, yeah. Um, so I'll just go s- start off by serious talking to me. <laughs> um, I got a random message. Hold on here. I got thrown off track for a second. Anyways, um, I'll start off by what Heaven's Gate was. Heaven's Gate was basically kind of like what Jonestown was, we covered Jonestown in our last episode. It's a cult of religious um, radicals mm-hmm. uh, who follow a, a kind of offshoot ideology of uh, – they claimed they were like Christian-ish. Yeah. Based, yeah. But they re- – like I don't – like – when you look at their belief system, they really had no ties to Christianity whatsoever. Like, all their beliefs were formed upon, like, a comet and uh, aliens, basically. You know, when I look at when I look so, at Applewhite and then I look at other cult leaders, like, for instance, Jim Jones, for instance. I mean, I see a lot of parallels there in how they started off in a pseudo-Christian background and then just kind of devolved into something else for instance yeah jones getting into like the whole socialism mindset and then um marshall moving more into the whole um, astro theology side of things yeah he so we'll talk about Applewhite here. Marshall Applewhite was who founded the Heaven's Gate cult in 1974. Um, him and his his partner, wife, whatever she was. Um, I don't think – did they ever actually get but, married? I don't think they ever actually got married. I don't think they were. And I honestly uh, – I don't think they were ever actually romantic either. Like – I don't know. I really, I really think that um, they were more of like a a business partnership, almost. 
more of like a. See, I thought they were like lovers. Maybe not. I'll, I'll I'll you keep going. I'll do a little. That's just how I. I mean, there's no like I've I've never read any like evidence to that. I guess, but I just maybe that's misogynistic of me to think or something to just think you that since it was a man and pig. a woman that they were <laughs> that they were romantically involved but they may not have been i really don't know anyways so uh marshall applewhite is the son of a presbyterian minister who began to research his uh religious beliefs in the early 70s he Taught at the University of St. Thomas in Houston, but was fired for allegedly having a relationship with one of his male students. I think we also talked about Jones. That's kind of a parallel with him and mm -hmm. Jones. Yep. Is that they had some uh, secret relationships with younger men. Um, it, so all the research that I found said that he met Bonnie Nettle, Bonnie Nettles. Uh, who was a 44-year-old ma married nurse whenever uh, he met her in a hospital. But they never specify on the hospital. I personally believe he met her in like a psych ward. He, or something like that. I, he, everything he, that I've ever researched is that he it was a psych ward. He was on a psych hold um, whenever yeah, he met her. He was, yeah, he's put in the loony bin for a while and he ends up meeting this nurse who works with him takes care of him i guess she talks about her interest in uh biblical prophecy and theology and stuff like that um and applewhite says that he feels a connection with this woman and that he believes that their meaning has been foretold by extraterrestrials and that he is on a divine assignment to meet with this woman and um, that they have like known each other in a past life and all this stuff. That's that. I guess that's kind of what made me think that he was in that they were in some sort of like domestic relationship um, is the fact that he was like, oh, this was foretold by the gods or whatever. That's and it was destiny for them to meet. Um, that makes me draw so parallels they start this to... Um, sorry not to cut you off, but that makes oh, me good? draw parallels to, to something that we, we talked about. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to lump this person in because I really enjoy talking to this person, but that kind of reminds me of um, Sean Christopher. Yeah. Um, if you, if you remember that, that's like our, a, our time traveler yeah. that came on said, you know, and that they would meet through, through lives like that kind of makes me think of that. Sorry, not to cut you off yeah. there. I just, Th yeah, that he had met his, um, soul brother, or I forgot yeah. the, the name he specifically called the person, but yeah. how he had met them in a past life or, uh, and stuff like that. We need to get him back yeah. on sometime. Yeah. <laughs> That was a that was a fun night. Um, but anyway, so these two get together and they start like reading a bunch of uh, different. They read a lot of science fiction and theology, and they kind of like piece them together. 
that's kind of where they draw their new cult from, which they call Heaven's Gate. It's a mix of like science fiction and religion. And basically, these two believe that the Earth is going to restart itself. Um, and they think that the only way to save themselves and to save people is for them to uh, get on a ship that is basically the hail bop Comet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I guess they think that this comet is a ship or there's a ship on the comet or something like that. And that this is their only chance to get off of Earth before uh, the end of days comes. Um, they describe themselves as the two witnesses of Revelations. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Bible, the book of Revelation, there, there's two witnesses to the cataclysmic events. Uh, they think that they're the two witnesses. And they... Uh, well, Applewhite also wrote that Jesus was going to be reincarnated as a Texan. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, that is interesting. <laughs> he no, I sounds actually, like a like – like, that's the name of a cult leader too, Applewhite. Yeah, just Applewhite. It is. Yeah. Sounds like a, a cult leader. <laughs> I um, One of the really interesting things I found whenever I was looking through um, was some old newsreel footage. From where some um, a local news station, I think they were in Seattle because like 20 people went missing at well, T and Doe, um, Applewhite, and um, how Bonnie was it? Is it Bonnie? Is that her name? Yes, yeah, were, were Bonnie crude, Nettles, Bonnie Nettles, yeah, yeah. um, which later they go by T and Doe, and I'm more familiar with that, so I'll just call them T and Doe if that's you know, okay with everybody. Um, yeah. So T and Doe were recruiting in Seattle and like 20 people just up and go missing. And a lot of times they were like, I know I'm skipping a little ahead here and I'm, I'm just trying to fill a blank here. But one of the really interesting things I found was a newsreel where this local news station had went to um, one of the recruitment meetings and was like grilling them. And just the odd, the odd back and forth that they're having between um, Applewhite and the reporter and then other supporters. And it was extremely strange, even for like the 60s and or the, the 70s and 80s, like the kind of weird conversations that you would be having, you know, just in a I mean, people that you think are tripping on acid and stuff. I mean, imagine that times like a thousand. And that's the conversations that are happening it just blew my mind. It was a uh, extremely interesting. Yeah. So, um, Waldport, Oregon, I think, is what, the, what you're thinking. Of. Yes, Waldport. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they assembled a, a group, basically, of their fellow believers. It was estimated to be around 100 people, and. Uh, what they did is pretty wild, actually. They gathered up all these people and convinced them to just all go like basic, like off the grid, uh, mm-hmm. and travel down the west coast into California. I think that's where they ended up settling at, um, was somewhere in California. But they were in the anyways, redwoods, they, right? Like north of San Francisco. I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, 
I can look here in a minute. But yeah, they started going by the names Doe and T. That was like their alien names or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this time, they basically slept in tents on the side of the road uh, and begged for money in the streets. And Doe and T preached their beliefs to these people and basically brainwashed them, I guess. I mean, uh, they had a couple different names for themselves called the Human Individual Metamorphosis. Uh, the ev- evolutionary kingdom level above human. Yeah, they uh, basically they thought that they were like uplifting themselves. We've cu- we've right. talked about uplifting a little yeah. bit before, and that's basically what they thought they were doing is that they were going to be the ones that were going to be taken up up and fused with alien DNA and brought back yeah. to repopulate Earth and to save Earth from itself. And yeah. oftentimes, whenever we whenever we start talking UFOs and aliens, I feel myself myself saying, you know, you have to put yourself in the perspective of the people at that time and how predominant like UFOs were to their daily life. And you know, the more I think about it, they're still just as prominent today. I mean, still just as prominent a thing. I think that like just modern culture has kind of made us more numb to the fact that it's out there so these people were so awed by this ufo talk and things that it really brought them in and i can honestly see being especially if you grew up you know in a you know poor family small town and then these people come and start talking about how hey you want to go be an alien you know i can start i can see the allure where this would bring some people in you know i can definitely see it People that get drawn into this are the ones that always feel left out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The people that are like never part of any particular group in like high school or uh, they never really find like a clique or whatever to fit into. Kind of like the outcast. Those are usually always the ones that fall into kind of stuff like this is because they just they have a group where they belong. You know, Mm -hmm. someone actually cares about them. Yeah. I think that's really where you can find these types of people and grab the hold of these types of people i think that's yeah. where a lot of these leaders did their recruiting is people who were kind of like outcasts and stuff like that people that were basically just begging for some attention right i mean that's the whole reason i started a cult was just to you know sense yeah. of belonging um family <laughs> really that's um the whole, whole thing behind it i mean realistically though if you started how do I wear this? So, like, if you go after, like, their emotion and stuff like that first mm-hmm. to get them drawn in, and mm-hmm. then you start feeding in this ideology. Mm-hmm. Make I them mean, feel vested in your family. Uh-huh. First. Like, oh, hey, I trust this person. They're not mm-hmm. lying to me. I will start, I, you know, I'll start I'll start doing this what they want type of thing. Like, I, it's, ba- it's basic I'll, I'll training. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to do everything good for you, and you're going to love your time in the military. Oh. Hey, go pick up the cigarettes. Okay, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> something else that kind of reminded me of some stuff that Sean was saying was uh, the fact that these – that members of the Heaven's Gate believed that 
um, it wasn't God or anything that was going to start this cataclysmic event that wiped humans out. It was going to be a group of evil aliens, evil space aliens called Luciferians. And they would um, falsely represent themselves as God to normal humans that weren't as smart as them. And that uh, basically all of the re- – they thought that all of the religions on Earth had been created by these Luciferians to distract people from th- the true way out or whatever. Uh, hmm. So that kind of reminded me of some stuff that Sean said as well is how – Right. Like draconians and stuff like that right. had uh, corrupted all That's the people – some some of the people on earth uh let's see what else now the weirdest part about heaven's gate is not really their belief system or anything like that but what they did in 1997 mm-hmm. um and the way they did it was very strange super strange <laughs> so We'll start off by saying that the group was against suicide, um, but they believed suicide was different than what they did. Uh, they yeah. th- What they said suicide was is to turn against the next level when it is being offered. So basically they thought that suicide was, wasn't killing yourself, but suicide was turning down um, graduating to the comet or whatever and leaving earth leaving right. human form so there is whenever they died and went to their uh representation of heaven they called it the next level graduating to the next level mm-hmm. and leaving your human vehicle behind um and there's four different ways you could do that physical pickup onto a tele which is uh, the evolutionary level above human spacecraft and transfer to a next level body aboard that craft. Um, so basically your soul would leave your human vehicle, your human body, and you would project yourself into the alien's body. Um, the second way is natural death, accidental death, or death from a random violence. Um, the third is outside persecution that leads to death. So this one was kind of added, tacked on at the end, um, because a few years earlier, uh, Apple White saw the events in Waco and Ruby Ridge and, uh, thought that the U.S. government was going to come after him as well. And so that's kind of where why he throws in that last little part there um, that if you die from outside persecution, that you can still graduate to the next level. And then the fourth one is willful exit from the human body in a dignified manner. So underline dignified manner in that. (laughs) And that's where we uh, go on to the event that occurred on March 22nd and 23rd when 39 members graduated and committed suicide. So dignified so, manner means you have to be in the jumpsuit, I'm assuming. You can't be in street clothes. Dignified manner <laughs> just means, yeah, it means has to be like you have to do it in their way, like the religious no, way. Yeah. 
You have to do it as a team, as the Heaven's Gate away team. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't believe yeah. that somebody um, printed those patches. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're strange. Like yeah, a print shop. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, the, the one of the craziest things about the whole committing suicide is they all were in a matching jumpsuit. Okay, matching like cousin Nico Adidas jumpsuit, or actually it was a Nike jumpsuit, wasn't it? And black Nike uh, Air Force Ones. Okay, but on the patch of this jumpsuit, they had, or on the shoulder of this jumpsuit, they had patches sewn on that had it was. I'll, I'll find it and screen share a picture of the patches here in a second, but it was essentially a unit patch saying heaven's gate away to you. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So that's not even the weirdest thing. The weirdest part is that eight of the male members were castrated. Oh yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um, I just thought, <laughs> including apple white. Yeah. Um, they had no genitalia, um, man parts, nothing of that sorts, and, and just the fact that they were willing to do that was is mind blowing me. Yeah, that was that was a but very anyways, strange. So, addition there. Thirty nine total people um, committed suicide by consumption of phenobarbital, which is an epilepsy drug. Now. They did it in groups. Um, it was 21 men, 18 women, and groups of 15, 15, and 9. So what happened was – and they were all wearing black shirts, black sweatpants, matching black and white Nikes. Um, what's going on here? Oh, you're sharing screen. <laughs> I'm showing the patches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all had the, the patches that said Heaven's Gate away team sewn onto the shirts. And in each pocket, in their pockets, they had $5 and three quarters. Um, I don't really know the significance of that. I know the three quarters was supposedly uh, to pay. Oh, I know what it was. It was $5 to pay for a loitering ticket. Because they were, they often got loitering tickets um, for begging on the streets, and the three quarters was to make a phone call at a pay booth or a pay phone. Um, so when they died, they each had five dollars and three quarters in their pocket. Um, so the reason they did it in groups is to clean up after each other. Um, so fifteen of them went and consumed phenobarbital placed a bag over their head and laid down and like zip tied the bag shut and uh, after they died the next group would come in clean up the bodies and stuff make sure they were in you know good graces or whatever and then they would do the same thing so so these um, shoes say gently used. That's why I that's why I opened it up. <laughs> if you commit suicide in any sort of clothing, it is not gently used at that point. That you've used that to the max. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if, if this was an actual I mean 
surely not. I, I feel like they would be a lot more than nineteen seventeen hundred dollars if if they were the actual shoe. I like the fact that they're seventeen hundred dollars is just pretty wild. I mean, if honestly, I've I've paid seventeen hundred dollars for a lot of stupider crap. I would buy these shoes for seventeen hundred dollars if they're like actually <laughs> on someone's feet. They'd be sitting right behind me, right here, right where that banjo's at. I'd move that banjo and I'd put these shoes there. <laughs> just saying. Okay, sorry. We're off yeah. the clothes now. <laughs> so that's I, just, I mean, just that's just the me up. Problem. It cracks me up. Yeah, it's really weird that they all, I mean, just what they were wearing, what they chose to wear, I guess. Like they were t-shirts and sweatpants. You'd think that if you were graduating to the next level or whatever and you're supposed to leave in a dignified form, that it would be like... You'd be wearing something nice, you know. Like You'd wear your Sunday's best. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, oh. some dress shoes. But no, they wore some black and white Nikes and some sweatpants. Maybe they're Russian. With the personalized patches. So on the side. That's my favorite. I mean, yeah. To be oh, fair, yeah. though, we would get personalized patches as well. To be we've fair, done it before. To be fair, we've done it before. Yeah, I was about to. Well, <laughs> to be fair, we would wear the Nikes <laughs> and the tracksuit too, like. <laughs> Shoot, yeah. I want a drag suit. If I ever kill myself, I'm wearing a pair of vans, son. <laughs> I'm gonna have on a pair of vans for sure. I haven't planned out my outfit yet, so I not yet, but I haven't planned out my outfit. <laughs> I'm I'm doing it in the nude. I haven't planned my outfit out yet. <laughs> uh you know, another thing, I, the whole discovery of them was extremely interesting to me too. Um, how they they sent that tape to um to that ex member, and I mean I know they were still on good terms, but he could have easily just been like, I don't want to hear from them, and threw it in the trash can. You know what I mean? Like I don't. They put a lot of faith in him. What about this tape? I didn't know about the tape. Is that how? Oh, oh, oh! Give me just one second. Let me um. I will actually. I can. I Is can that how they got found, or something? Yeah, I could probably play the tape for you. Let me. I mean, at this point, in was our, it like a video or just like a? Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was a video audio. that they recorded prior to, um, prior to, like prior to suicide. Or, yeah, or, that seems to be a another common theme too. Is like recording leaving behind a. Yeah, like a like a whatever a recording of like, hey, here's what happened or something, or here's our last waking sermon or whatever. Right. I mean, yeah, that does I mean, seem to be. If I was to kill myself, I would kind of do the same thing though. I've always thought that was the weird like. This is going to sound really insensitive. Um, no, go for it. So bear with me for a minute. Killing yourself is a pretty selfish um, act, mm. and I think that if you don't at least leave behind a note that explains why you killed yourself, that that makes it even worse. Yeah. Right. Because then people are just like, "Why did he do that?" You know, um, and they don't ever know unless right. it was kind of like an obvious thing, like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. You know, but if you kill yourself and don't at least explain a reason to why. 
then you're literally just leaving people with like, well, was it my fault or like this? Just like adding insult to injury, basically. So, I mean, I completely agree. I feel like that's. Let's um, I'm going to play this. Let me let me start a screen share here. Um, they, yep. they called this the exit interviews. So let me. So this, oh, this this all seems like a lot of from what I'm gathering from any sort of this cult thing is it's literally let's see how far we can get these people to go mm-hmm. and all this like let's let's see just exactly what we can get these people to do before we have them kill themselves oh yeah because like they're literally like here listen you're gonna kill yourself let's let's castrate yourself first well that and then let's yeah. interview, let's, interview, <laughs> let's interview you right before you die knowing <laughs> you're, you're, about to, you're about to go in here and kill <laughs> yeah. yourself Tell me if you guys can hear now, this audio. See, the I'm... first castration they did, the first castration they did, it actually convinced uh, the member that they performed it on to leave the group because it was <laughs> <laughs> the first castration they did. They didn't do it at a hospital. Yeah, it the... was one Imagine... of the members who was a, who used to be a nurse performed the first one, and she botched it apparently. And he's, it con- he's, convinced him to leave the group. He's, he's like, like all right, I was all for you guys chopping my wiener <laughs> off, but you messed it up. So you can't even do that right. It's not a clean look. Well, I, they're, they were, <laughs> were they were they chopping full genitalia off, or was it just it just said castration? So I think I think they're like the Enux. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Unix. Unix. <laughs> Enux. <laughs> what? It sounded what, right. like like the book of. Enox. <laughs> uh, I thought that's what I thought he was talking about the book of Enoch. I didn't realize he was talking about Unix. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what was it? What was it? What's the intro? Um, mediocre research. Mediocre research. <laughs> I just I just say words that sound like words I think I know. <laughs> and then you guys put the puzzle together. Oh, tell me if you guys can hear this audio. Oh, yeah. You can hear it? Yeah. Contact with me personally. A number of the classmates that you'll be seeing on this on this tape. So this and, is uh, a two-hour long video they filmed Jesus. prior to killing themselves. Okay, I'm going to scrub it real quick. Welcome to the two-hour long podcast, huh? Yeah, there's one part that this is the part I was wanting to show you guys. See, like they literally look at this. I mean, you could see them. They went through an ex and interviewed every single. Oh, I went too far. And interviewed every single person here. About I forgot to the- mention one of the key points in this whole thing. I can't believe I skipped over this, but the. The members, or the one member, I guess, that left the the group said that he never thought suicide was going to be the um, the option. Um, he said that so Nettles, Bonnie Nettles, died uh, of cancer in right. 18, 1985. Um 
And one of the dudes said that he thinks that was kind of a tipping point for Apple White. Um, and that's what kind of caused him to, to go off the deep end is whenever Bonnie died, he kind of like went nuts. I've, I've, um, I've, I've heard that a few times that that kind of pushed him down. Cause he'd it had kind of the same thing happen to Jones as well too. Like didn't, yeah. didn't a, a bunch of his, I think for Jones or something it like was, that. Yeah. That I think for Jones, it was whenever a lot to... of them left. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of caused him to feel like, I don't know. Everybody was leaving him, so now no one's gonna leave me, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and but yeah, that could be like uh, I'm in charge of my own life, type of thing. Yeah. Right. Like no yeah. one else is gonna leave me because we're all gonna leave together, type of thing. Or right, and you know, as we said, Jones's situation devolved very fast with. Um, with the whole um, senator coming down to visit and then them getting in a shootout with the senator and ended up killing the senator, killing a bunch of people. So, so Jones knew everything was coming to an end for him. He knew there was no way he was escaping the situation he was in. Um, but I think that, I think that a lot of what you see with, with Applewhite, I'm sharing a quick little video about the Museum of Deaths. Um, kind of, this is how they were all found. Was just like this. I know there's no audio on this, but that's actually the video right there of inside the house when they found them. <laughs> and then the house. For, I mean, that's that's actually there. Our audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think about Joe. <laughs> Somehow he was able to talk his followers into consuming a toxic mix of vodka and chocolate pudding or applesauce <laughs> laced with barbiturates. Some also had plastic bags pulled over their heads. Joe but honestly, if you're going to trick me into killing myself, Chocolate pudding is the way to go. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot better than Kool Aid. I'm like a dog when you put you want medicine vodka in or it's... chocolate pudding. <laughs> put them together. <laughs> yeah, I I think that um, there's there's a lot of parallels there between. Between a lot of these cults, honestly, and just how they, especially your cults that end up with like a mass suicide situation, or even with with Waco, there's a lot of parallels, and it's it's commonly a, f- a fast devolving situation um, that ends up with them um, with with them having to commit suicide just because there's no other option left at that point. I feel like that's kind of the corner they get backed into. Yeah, I don't know if – I don't think Applewhite felt that way, though. You don't think so? Well, I mean – No, I don't think that there's – I don't think theirs was like a – with Jones, I do see that. Like yeah. with Jones, it was like he had basically just murdered a, a U.S. senator. Like, right. Um, he 
he didn't really have, I feel like he didn't really have much of a choice. Yeah. But with Heaven's Gate, I think it was cuz the Hale-Bopp comet was supposedly like passing over at that time. Right. And that's what they had been waiting and on this I whole think time, that's, right? That was like their main goal to begin with, yeah. Um was to try to board the Hale-Bopp comet. So I think theirs was wasn't really backed into a corner thing. I think theirs was just like, all right, it's time to go, and they just left. <laughs> um, well, was so was the the comet see. prior to uh, Nettles passing? Was that a thing they, they were? Themselves? At? Yeah. Well, was them trying to board the comet prior to her passing, or did that become something after? Um, that was um, that was. I don't know about the comet specifically, because I know that to see their main goal from the beginning was to transcend. Um. Yeah, to basically like go up to the heavens and become aliens, kind of thing. Um. Say what I'm but at. I think their original thing, their original idea was they were supposed to like they they mentioned how they were the two witnesses in Revelations. Right. That what Applewhite said was that they were going to witness Revelations. They were going to die and be uh, resurrected, mm-hmm. and they were going to board a spaceship so the people on Earth could witness that what they said was true. So I don't think, I don't really know if the boarding of Hale-Bopp was a thing before she died. I think, honestly, kind of like, I'm ready to get out of here. Wins right. What's the next, what's the next thing that I can say is the, is, is the, is our Uber? Where's our Uber at? Oh, okay. the Hale-Bopp Hale comment. Uh, hold on. The Hale-Bopp comment wasn't even discovered until 1995. So it couldn't okay. have been. Couldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I genuinely then that's her passing probably led him on this path to try to figure out like, Hey, how do we take this to the next step or uh, where I want to go and make right. this kind of religious. I mean, and he was getting pretty old at that point in time. What he was born in thirty one, so thirty one to ninety seven. I mean, he was in his late, late sixties, sixty six ish when he died. So he was sixty five when he died. Sixty five when he died. So I, I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like he just might have. So what what year did Bonnie Nettles die in? She died in eighty five. Eighty five. I mean that's that's a long that I feel like that's a long time. See, because what what my mind goes to is whenever you have like a partner or some lifelong friend, you know, and it happens a lot with spouses where you know a spouse dies really soon after another one just because they're heartbroken by their passing, right? Um. I think part of me for a while, I had thought that that might've been the situation that Marshall had just been heartbroken, but I mean, that's over 10 years. That's a decade. I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time to, 
to not have got over someone's passing. I really think that he was, it wasn't so much. I know I'm contradicting what I just said five minutes ago, but my, I'm evolving my thought process here. It says, here I go, I guess. Sorry. Um, I think that it was less Bonnie's passing and more that he really did believe this. I, I think he really well, did believe that he was going to transcend if he did this. I think he might have been well, maybe schizophrenic or there might've been some psychosis there. And when well, she possible, pa- yeah. when she passed, I think it might've started, it broke some stuff inside him. Mm-hmm. And it like set him down a path of like it just stuff was getting crazier and crazier and I mean that's that's very possible because he did um, I mean he was he did meet her in a psych ward so he could have had some some schizophrenia issues or things like that 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 were pushing him down that path I. You know, I think and- it's, it was a combination of the Waco thing and the discovery of the comet. Yeah. Because Waco happened in 93, and he starts getting scared that the government's going to come after him now. Mm-hmm. So he starts kind of looking for a way out, and they discover this comet in 95. They know it's going to pass over again in 97. Um. So I think that's kind of he just was like that that's gonna be it. That's my that's my way out. That's my cue. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, there's no telling what he thought, I guess. I mean maybe I mean, he just believed right. in everything that he was I mean, I'm sure he did to an extent, but I think that uh, a lot of when we talk cults, you see a lot of the same personality type leading these cults. Um, you know, you don't ever see anybody that's a quiet back of the road type B person, right? It's always this type A personality. It's always, um, w- with the exception of Applewhite, there's always some <laughs> very obvious motivation, right? Whether it's sexual or it's fiscal or just to be better well-known apple white's really the only one that i feel like doesn't seem like your traditional cult leader just because i mean yeah he might have wanted to get his name out there stuff but when you think about like jones you think about koresh you think about start talking about like some of your um more you me exactly you're more fundamental <laughs> um church of latter-day saints um members is what i was thinking actually like you're brigham young <laughs> like that you you see the same personality and you see what they get out of being that cult leader you see what they get with yeah, apple like, i don't as much see what he got from it you know what i mean for jones for example jones was uh Basically drugs having his way, yeah. Rock and roll. He was getting free drugs and have having his way with all the women in the camp. 
Um, he had slaves basically doing whatever he wanted to. Oh, yeah. On top of that, uh, he was getting money from all of them, uh, from their social security checks and stuff like that. Um, Koresh, he was the only one in the whole uh, compound or whatever that was allowed to have sex with any of the women. Um, Hands down to Koresh. I don't know how in the – that silver-tongued – Dude, I don't know how in the world he said got everybody in the compound to be like, you know what? Listen, I'm the only one that gets to sleep with all the women. I need you to just let let me have all your wives. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bed everybody in this compound. I will take the burden for you. I will do it. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, dude, you can sleep with That's my wife. What happens when people are that deep in their religion? I mean, don't worry. When, when we get a little more fundamental in Michael, too. I won't be sleeping with anybody's wives. Okay, Bailey would kill me, so I can't. I can't do that. So <laughs> everybody else is safe. Not if you <laughs> now, CJ. <laughs> you might not be safe, but become everybody. Like All hear. the women are safe, but you boys, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, but so with we Applegate, come up with a cool name for yours, Apple, like Heaven's Gate. That just rolls Apple off the Gate. tongue, right? That there. does roll off the tongue. All right. Hold on. I want. I, what's his name? Why did I say Apple? Apple White. Apple White. Marshall Apple, Apple White. Applegate. Sorry. You combined Heaven's Gate. Yeah. yeah well, I'm not even I was, the one drinking. Over Applegate's here. a person's name, though. Who's named Applegate? There is a person I don't named know. Applegate. But I, that had me so backwards. I was maybe I'm thinking of Bill Gates and Apple. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Apple and Heaven's Gate, sorry, I'm gonna have to. This is this is a drunk train of thought that's that's coming back up now. The people that committed suicide in Heaven's Gate, the members of Heaven's Gate. Now, I'm gonna need to do some fact check checking here as I as I as I pop this out. But I, I want to say there were some pretty successful people that actually committed suicide with them. Like, um, I want to say there was a couple software engineers that worked for Microsoft and, um, and Apple that actually committed suicide with them. Have you guys ever heard anything about that? Uh, no. Um, I haven't really dove into the different... Um people were they like the the members members yeah were they, they were members, members of the yeah, they group were members. yeah oh yeah i haven't really dove into like who the members were or anything like that yeah yep um okay we, uh, we have a i i won't say their name just because i i i never want to i never want to do that i just feel like that's kind of I don't know if it's disrespectful or I just don't want it to be perceived that it could be ding, being disrespectful. But one of the guys was a, he was a software developer at IBM and he was like the number three guy at IBM. Um, a guy from Microsoft and actually a guy from Apple too. Um, they were all high-end software developers. That's there's, a, there's an oyster man too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's very interesting. And the same thing kind of goes in play for when you have 
what comes to mind when I say that is I think of Koresh. You know, I think of some of the people that Koresh had around him. Koresh had some very successful people in Waco with him. Um, he actually had – now, I'm, I'm pulling from, from some really old recessed memories here, but he had multiple professors of religious studies that had dropped what they were doing and went to join him in, in the Branch Davidians. Um, and I, I always think it's kind of interesting to see who, who falls into these cults just because I, f- I feel like it's oftentimes not who you – it's who you would expect, but it's, they're from a different background. Or they've turned out successful in life, and they still fall into that trap or still fall into that cult. I just think it's very interesting. Well, just I think it shows just it doesn't matter how high up you go, right? Uh, you can still have like some sort of mental problems, or, right. or, or you'd be lacking something, right? right? There's some sort of compulsion. Well, I mean, hell, Bohemian Grove's a cult, I think yeah. I'd call that a cult. I mean, and that's the people that lead this country, oh, for sure. <laughs> so, I, I, I think that a lot of times, whenever we talk about this, we think about, um, you know, poor people that are getting like lured into this, but a lot of times these are successful people that are getting brought into these situations um, that somehow are being still being lured into it. I just think it's very interesting that, um, you know, I couldn't see myself just going out and joining a cult. I can see myself going out and founding a cult, but not going out and joining a cult. I mean, it just, I, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't understand the mindset that you would be in, you know, um, I think it depend. I mean, maybe if it was something that like you believed in or that well, your background was in, maybe or how they laid it out to you. I can't. Like, I like I can't even really get talked into um, mainstream religion, let alone an offshoot cult. So right, I just don't. Yeah, I don't really see myself being a cultist. Well, I think if they laid it out like a hey, we'll, well you better get ready, buddy. Like this is just a hobby thing. Your right? cult, your cult, maybe. Yeah. I mean, my, it's gonna be a hobby stuff. thing. I yeah, don't think most cults are like this. Is just a hobby. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like, so here's our ideology. Like, not even ideology. Like, here, here's some stuff we are listen into. Okay, we understand that you're in the guard and you're a weekend kind of guy. But <laughs> all right, not everything, not everything can work like that. Okay. Jeez. CJ can only give his cult one week in a month and two weeks of the year. (laughs) I mean, so I wasn't even saying like that. What I was saying is that if they laid it out to you like, hey, here's kind of the stuff we're doing and made it to where you're like, okay, I'm into that, right? Like it's a gun club. Right. All right, cool. We're going to go shoot guns occasionally. And then, you know, while one time they're like, hey, why don't you try to shoot this this gun? And the, you're like, cool. all right, I'll, I'll shoot that gun. <laughs> and then the next time they're like, hey, why don't you try this round in this gun? And they're like, all right, cool. Right. And the next time they're like, hey, you see that bunny right there? Just go ahead and shoot the bunny. And you're like, cool. Let's see what happens. And then the next time it's something bigger. And then the next time there's a person running through the field and you're just like, all right, I better just go ahead and do it. And then now you've just murdered somebody. 
and you were in a gun club. I mean, that's logically how it happens. That's, I mean, that's a very elementary analogy, but I mean, you're right. That's how it happens. That's how people get lured into cults like these is one small step, then the next step and then the next step. And honestly, everybody is so afraid of telling someone no. Someone's, you know, we, we seek approval all around us and we're afraid of standing up and saying no to somebody. That's so, the thing is, especially if you get like in such a really good relationship, if you build a very good relationship right. with somebody. You have that rapport. Yeah. It could definitely be like, oh, especially if it's one-ended, right? The mm-hmm. person you're building a relationship with knows that, hey, I'm just going to use this person, but you don't know that. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like, like a friendship. Yeah, so then you end up being friends, or you, so you think, right. but this other person is just like, okay, now I have a tool. They're only gonna they're only gonna talk to you when it's something they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I know we're, we're kind of we're kind of straying from from Apple White and. Really, there's not there. There is there's conversation pieces with Apple White, but I feel like we've covered everything with Apple White. I mean, it's a very shut and open and shut as far as cults. He's go. the most normal one out of the whole bunch, I think. Honestly, between all the like most cults that I know about and hear about and stuff, right? Like he's honestly like. Him and his group, even though they killed themselves, like um, <laughs> by taking poison, his just the fact evil. that they were like, yeah, no, it's I just think weird. he just had you know, he had like a like a messiah complex, like God complex, whatever you would call it. Yeah, and, I, I, do, I do think he had that. Yeah, and he was That's also like, where... guys, it'd be so cool if we were all wearing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's match. <laughs> you know, he's just. Yeah. It, a dweeb that somehow managed to be in a leadership role and he's like listen yeah. guys well that's the thing too is um he convinced he must have been pretty charismatic because he actually convinced these people to kill themselves like they they all all 39 of them knew exactly what was going on um if you look at like jonestown not all they of did. them knew yeah what was up and some of them were actually actually like actively against it and tried to escape and were shot and killed Um, as you say that that makes me think about something so i've oftentimes heard that that bonnie was honestly she was kind of the backbone of the whole thing especially in starting it up and whereas marshall was the figurehead bonnie was actually the one that they were there for and Bonnie was actually the one that was really pushing things forward um, and advancing the membership. And actually, after she died, they started to see a decline in overall membership. And really, the only people that you have there when they commit suicide are people that have been there their whole lives. People that are, you know, 20-year members. You don't have anybody that's, like, joined last week, you know. Because you're talking about 39 yeah, people. Their, their members were. Yeah. I mean, they've been there their whole life. So hardcore. Like, so like they've been, you had they've been no, there like, kind of here and there members left because they all left after Bonnie died. 
Mm-hmm. They weren't recruiting new people. They were, a, I mean, they were like a tight knit group. Yep. Um. So yeah, I don't know. They they're just they're definitely the most between Jonestown and uh, Branch Davidians. This group definitely seems the most normal. Yeah, for sure. But seems the most normal, but I can see myself more in a Branch Davidian situation than a Heaven's Gate situation. <laughs> so I'm just. I can see myself in a Branch Davidian situation as far as a standoff with the government. <laughs> but as far as literally everything else the Branch Davidians did, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have to I don't know. Living on a giant compound, that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm um, totally down for a big compound. I'm always like. Down <sighs> we can cover the Branch Davidians at a later time, but man, they did some. They some weird Strange stuff. stuff too. Some weird stuff. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a big episode to do. Um, talking about branch Davidians, that will be a big one. Yeah, we can lump them in with Ruby Ridge. Yeah, that'll be a get anti-government for a short yeah. little bit. ATF of the early nineties. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Anyways, I'm pretty sure that's uh yeah the the end of that's this week. Day. Thanks, everybody, for coming and listening. And thanks, boys, for joining me again. Well, thank you. And we'll see everybody next time. Ask the questions, question the answers. We'll see you all later. Are we going to be waiting for them on Haley's Bop? No, because it doesn't come back around to 4,057 and 1 AD. So you're going to be waiting about 2,500 years. We'll see you all later then. Yeah, it it has a very long... Um, cross life there, so we'll be fine. I'm sure nothing more is gonna happen in 2020 to cause any, you know, we'll be there. It's all right. You had to say it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been a great time. <laughs>